Welcome to Psalmscast. Today is the 17th day of August. I am Denise. It is a joy. It is a pleasure. It is an honor and it is a marvel. A marvel that we live in a time where there's technology like this, that we can be together right now and spend some time in God's Word together. So it is a joy to be here with you today. Many around the globe are experiencing trying times. Perhaps it is you or someone that you know. Today we will visit a chapter of the Psalms with a powerful message about God's steadfast love for each of us who are crying out to Him for help in the midst of their heart. Today we are journeying through Psalm 17, Psalm 47, Psalm 77, Psalm 107, and Psalm 137. We're reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible this week. Also, at the very end of the podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, we are exploring the Gospel of Luke, and today we are in chapter 9. It's very powerful. But first, let's take a brief moment to invite the Lord to be our focus and also to be our guide. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come humbly here into this moment, desiring to draw near to you. Lord, we are seeking you to know you and to be known by you. Lord, we desire to experience mercy and grace in the midst of our life. You know how difficult our situations are. We ask that you would pour into our life your truth. Lord, we want to experience peace in the midst of chaos and joy in the midst of just all the stuff that is happening and that we are hearing about and that we are experiencing. So we open our minds and we open our hearts to you. Allow our lives to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit through your life-giving words. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey through this day. Psalm 17, In the shadow of your wings, a prayer of David. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of men, by the word of your lips I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him, 
Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Psalm 47, God is king over all the earth. Clap your hands, O peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Psalm 77 In the day of trouble I seek the Lord. I cry aloud to God. Aloud to God and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble I seek the Lord. In the night my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Psalm 107 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their heads down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heaven, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and He brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol Him in the congregation of the people, and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turned a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. 
when they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempts on princes and makes them wander in trackless ways. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 137. How shall we sing the Lord's song? By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites the day of Jerusalem, how they said, Lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. Right now, there are millions around the world who are living in terror. On August 14th, Haiti was hit by a 7.2 magnitude earthquake that toppled buildings and churned up the earth. So many are dead and injured. Rescuers are combing through the rubble looking for survivors or bodies. And Monday, just two days later, on a landscape where people are huddled in fields, the depression grace began to drench this devastated country. Weather experts say the storm has the potential to dump up to 15 inches of rain. And tropical depressions typically have a maximum sustained surface wind of 38 miles per hour, which is 33 knots. It can be less. That's a worst case scenario. But just for a point of reference, Haiti's typical wind speeds is around 11 miles per hour. These types of tropical storms can also spawn tornadoes, which wreak further trauma on this traumatized area of the world. And over on another continent, we have what's happening in Afghanistan, where millions are fleeing for their lives. Words absolutely fail me. I can't imagine the terror of having to literally run to escape what is coming in this area. My heart aches for the elderly, the pregnant and nursing women, and small children. And the news ad nauseum continues to report that COVID is going to kill all of us unless everyone, absolutely everyone, bows to what the politicos are stating. Living in Singapore with their family have now been restricted from many activities because they do not want to be human test subjects 
for a medical product to be injected into their body that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has not approved as of yet to be safe and effective. Yes, the injection protocol is happening around the world, but the testing is not complete. The full impact of each one will not be known until 2023. Yes, this friend and her families are exercising their medical freedom to choose, and in the process, they are losing other freedoms, but they say it is a small price to pay. There is coming a day when every single one of us who says that we love the one true God will have to make a choice. We will bow to the dictates of man or we will choose Christ. Jesus has many things that he says to us in the Gospels. Those Gospels are his testimonies. And friends, we either choose to follow the Lord wholeheartedly or we are opting out for man's ways. This is a timely discussion because each day we are one day closer to Jesus' return to the earth to judge man. I hope you've read the book of Revelation because it tells what's going to happen. My question is, are you ready? Perhaps it is decades away, but right now, here in this moment in history, everything is set to bring forth what is foretold in Bible prophecy, like the book of Revelation. Right now, I'm spending time studying the book of Daniel, and okay, wow, My mind struggles to fully grasp how God has laid it all out for us hundreds of years before Jesus would be born, while the Jewish nations had been sent into exile in Babylon. Their temple had been destroyed. Even then, the Lord was telling us what would be happening right before Jesus came back, at the very end of the rule of Satan on earth. Honestly, I fear the living Lord more than I fear storms, earthquakes, wars, invasions, viruses, and whatever else man will report on 24-7 to stir the fear of the masses, those who choose to follow Jesus. The leaders that we know of from their writing in the Bible, every single one of them, with the exception of John, died horrible deaths because they would not bow down and worship man. They would not recant Jesus. Some were crucified. Many were burned at the stake or used as fodder for the lions and the arenas of Rome and Ephesus. That kind of persecution is nothing new. Daniel and his friends also experienced having to make a choice. Do I follow God or do I bow down to man's demands? We have examples in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 3, and Daniel chapter 6. These three chapters give us our marching orders. At least that is my personal opinion. Yes, the times are dark, but friends, we have options. We can cry out to the Lord for help as we have seen many different people groups doing here in Psalm 107. Can we have it both ways? Okay, honestly, I have no answers for this. I do know that yesterday in the Going Deeper segment at the very end of the podcast, we heard in Luke chapter 8 that Jesus 
explained the parable of the seeds to his disciples. As I read those verses each time, I keep asking myself, where do I fall? And in today's segment of going deeper into the Word of God, Jesus speaks very frankly about following him. These two verses stop me in my tracks whenever I think about bowing to the dictates pressing against our family. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Abba Father, we thank you for the invitation to enter into your presence here, now, today. There is nothing good inside of me that you have not placed there. You know every thought, every attitude, and every action. Nothing is hidden from your ever-seeing eyes, and we thank you. Thank you for the promise that we have found in the Psalms today. Thank you for your instruction You are most worthy of praise, Lord. Please forgive us for keeping our mouths shut and not telling others what you have done for us. Forgive us for allowing others to believe that we are smarter or wiser than they are. For stealing your glory and honor because of the gifts that you have poured into our lives. Lord, you do not desire burnt offerings, goats, bulls, or any other thing, because you own everything. You want our honest, heartfelt worship, moment by moment, all the days of our life. And yet, we stand silent other than to mumble a thank you in our head. Why are we so timid in proclaiming what you have done and what you are doing in our lives? You have redeemed our lives and have set our feet on the path to life everlasting. And yet, we stay mum. Father, we invite you into our silence. We are in desperate need for your Holy Spirit to do a total restructuring inside of us. We need your Spirit to enable us to have the courage to speak out loud the words, Thank you, Father God. Praise God. He is so good to me. Lord, we need your Spirit to put the right words in our mouth at the right time so that we can tell our brothers and our sisters, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers of you. You are the way, the truth, and the light. The only living God, our Creator, our Savior, our Redeemer, Lord God Most High. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now for those who want to dive deeper into God's Word, hang in here for just a few more minutes as we wrap up this part. We will be headed into the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. So if you desire to connect with us at Psalmscast to share your thoughts, to ask questions, to request prayer, or to request a Bible, our email address is psalmscast at gmail.com. If you prefer to call or text, the number in the United States is 470-240-1111. 
1509. For those outside the United States, you can use WhatsApp, and that number is 1-470-240-1509. You can also make the connection through social media. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you. I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God. Yesterday in chapter 8, we saw Jesus interacting with various types of people and such as women. And women in that point in time in the history of the world, they were not considered important people other than to have babies. But there is something here in this chapter that always makes me pause and really reflect on my life, and that is the parable of the sower. And yes, he gives the parable, but then he breaks it down in there, and he talks specifically about the various types of people and how a lot of them hear God's word, but it doesn't take hold. They are not transformed. Yes, they might have known of Jesus. They might even say that they believe in Jesus, but then so do devils. So that doesn't really mean anything. Jesus says very clearly what makes the difference. So if you missed on that yesterday, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Or just grab a Bible and sit down and really just read Luke chapter 8. But today, we are advancing forward into the next chapter. So as we go into this new chapter, simply allow God's testimonies, His Holy Word, to wash over you and to wash through you. Trust the Holy Spirit to bring to your attention those verses that He wants you to mull over and consider today. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Luke chapter 9. Jesus sends out the twelve apostles. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Herod is perplexed by Jesus. Now Herod, the tetriarch, heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed. Because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, and some said that Elijah had appeared, and by others that said one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. Jesus feeds the five thousand. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God 
and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find a lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, The Christ of God. Jesus foretells his death. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. The Transfiguration. Now, about eight days after these sayings, he took with them Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with them. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. 
And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. Jesus heals a boy with an unclean spirit. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters him and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. Jesus again foretells his death. But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was concealed from them, so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying, Who is the greatest? An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. Anyone not against us is for us. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. A Samaritan village rejects Jesus. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent his messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparation for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. The Cost of Following Jesus As they were traveling along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So again today, the chapter that is before us, it is very powerful 
And we see many different examples of Jesus interacting with people and providing for their needs. And also in this chapter, Jesus foretells his death. And then he talks to the disciples about that they need to take up their cross and they need to follow him. And there are two verses here in this chapter that I mentioned earlier. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Okay, let's be really clear what this is talking about. We can gain all the wealth, all the riches, all the acclaim of man, and then be found wanting at that moment where Jesus is going to say, welcome into my kingdom, my good and faithful servant, or he's going to point the opposite direction, y'all, and we are going to be cast into utter darkness. At the very end of this chapter, it talks about the cost of following Jesus. What are we willing to give up in order to stay true to Jesus?